Hello, you incredible soul. Welcome back to the Purpose Map podcast. I'm Casey Berglund, your host and the founder of Worthy and Well. And this is round three of recording this intro. <laughs> I I just like am so thrilled to introduce George Ramsey to you that I the first time had my mic on mute, forgot to unmute my mic. The second time I just flubbered over all of my words. And this time, like third time's a charm, right? George Ramsey, he's the founder of The Breathworks and is an incredible, incredible facilitator um, and one of the most loving human beings I think I've ever met on this planet. I first met George, I believe synchronistically, because I don't even recall how I landed there, but in an online class. And it was my first time doing breathwork online. I'd done breathwork before in person with a friend of mine who's a local facilitator. And let me tell you, it's kind of an out of this world sort of experience. We talk about this in the episode where I say like, it's so hard to describe with words because you have to experience it. It's a felt sense experience. And I said that there's nothing to compare it to. And like the closest thing that I can compare it to is sort of like, using psychedelic plant medicine or something, except you're just using your breath and it's altering your state of consciousness and bringing about various sensations, experiences within the inner world, you know? Anyway, we're going to talk about it in this episode, breathwork as a tool alongside the Enneagram. And um, I'm I'm jumping around a little bit, but the Enneagram is a tool that George has been studying and and practicing and learning about and living by behind the scenes. And he actually like talks about it and weaves it into this conversation about how to use breathwork and the Enneagram as tools for self-discovery and coming home to yourself and listening to the inner whispers. So um, we go into it in this episode, but back to my first class with George, I'd only ever done this practice in person. And because it is a... Um, sort of otherworldly experience sometimes. Sometimes breathwork is like super peaceful, super just like calming in my body. Like sometimes it's totally chill. And other times like wacky shit happens in a breathwork session that is so transformative and so illuminating. Um, so I was like, how is this going to go online? Because, you know, I'd only done this before with like a practitioner in the same space as me. There was lots of hands-on touch to support my like nervous systems regulation and all that stuff. And gosh, it's just like, you can't quite do the same thing on Zoom. And here I was on Zoom about to embark in this breathwork session with someone I'd never met before amongst a quite large group of people. And Immediately, as soon as George started to speak and share his energy and guide the practice, my whole system just like softened and I dropped in and was like, wow, this is transformative even through Zoom. And in that moment, I knew that George would be a supporter, facilitator, um, healer for me as I navigated through some really hard stuff related to COVID-19, related to business, related to my uh, emotional world, my relationships, like in an integrative way, I knew that I needed support with with clearing and with uh, processing emotions and processing just life experiences as a sensitive, empathic person navigating a global pandemic for the first time, you know? And so I think that week I got on a phone call with George and shared with him a little more about what I needed and 
we worked together for quite a chunk of time, months on end. So George um, saw a lot of intimate parts of me and my process and held me with a non-judgmental, compassionate, loving presence. Oh my gosh, George's loving presence is his special gift. Who he is, um, is a gift. I mean, who every single person on the planet is, who each individual is, is a gift in and of itself without even doing anything. Um, and that's for you too, you who's listening. Like You have a gift in who you are that when you come back to yourself and you own and claim your authenticity, your being is in part your purpose. Your being is what offers what the world needs. Whew, that was a little soapbox moment, but it's true. And I guess that's why I care about the purpose piece. Like that's why this is called the purpose map and why it's about like at the end of the day, everything's about self-discovery, whether we're talking about self-care, wellness, relationships, making money, getting paid, finding a career you love, like all of the conversations have an undertone of alignment and authenticity and doing from a place of being connected with who you really are and what you're really here for because that is powerful and again like when you do that work your presence is the gift so george's presence is so loving and i can't help but heal or soften in his presence and so you can imagine how thrilled I was to have the opportunity to meet George in person, to go to his home in Venice, California, to sit and drink tea in his backyard, and then to have this conversation that you're about to listen into about using breathwork and the Enneagram as tools for self-discovery. And I pull out more of George's story and George's journey, which I hadn't learned before. And it's so fascinating to hear people's stories. Um, and then I did an in-person session, one-on-one -on -one with George immediately afterward. So you'll hear us talk about all things breathwork and the Enneagram, uh, George's nineness, his harmonizerness, and my eightness on the Enneagram. I just kind of learned about this, the challenger and how that plays out. And um, when you tune in, I am sure that you'll also wonder like, Ooh, what's, what's my Enneagram type and how do I wing out and how could I use breathwork to maybe release stuck patterns in my system and emotion, et cetera. So without any further ado, I've been talking forever. Um, third time's a charm. Here we go. I think this recorded. Without further ado, let me introduce to you George Ramsey. Uh, you're going to be delighted by this conversation. All right, here we go. George, <laughs> I'm so excited to host you on the Purpose Map podcast while you're hosting me in your home right now. <laughs> it's very special to be here and doing it together. Yeah, so fun. Thank you so much. The The gift of being able to meet you in person and like look into your eyes and feel your love bubble energy in this like IRL sort of way is like making my day today. So I'm so appreciating it. And, uh, you know, if you're listening, you're in for a treat because I mean, I've already introduced George and told you how wonderful he is. Um, but we're really going to dig into some fun things that will help you come back to yourself. And you used the words, George earlier, connect with your inner whisper. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, I just want to start by asking you about 
where you're at in this moment in your self-discovery journey and how breathwork and Enneagram and whatever else you're exploring is like helping you integrate and come back to yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. So happy to be here. I was reflecting yesterday on this actually and noticing two tools have really helped me in the journey of coming back home. And if that's all we're here to do is just continue to rediscover ourselves and land deeper in ourselves. Breathwork and the Enneagram for me have been the most transformational tools to do that. Enneagram in 2015, I was a middle school math teacher and I would be in sessions with my therapist weekly, really struggling, totally overwhelmed by the job, had gained 20 pounds, was drinking every weekend, didn't know about all the emotions, I didn't know how to feel. Uh, and my therapist started to notice a pattern and any time a student would quote unquote get in trouble and I have to call home. I would have nightmares about it and be wow. so afraid of talking to the parents and so afraid of these calls and we'd have to practice them in therapy. He's like, George, I think you might need to find your Enneagram type. And I had no idea what it was at the time. And this was 2015. And then I typed and figured out I was a nine, which is the mediator or the peacemaker. And I read the description back and it's one of those moments, kind of like human design where you're like, oh, have you been following me around and in my, in my thoughts, in my head this whole time? And you like know me so deeply and my body softened. And it was one of those moments of being totally seen and understood um, by a tool. And that tool helped me realize I was deeply afraid of conflict. Wow. And so much of my way of operating in the world was doing everything I could to avoid conflict. And by doing so, I was missing out on a lot of life. Um, and that was shown, showed up with these calls home. I would do everything I could to avoid them. It led to less deeper relationships with my students and their families. It flowed to bailing on folks after the second date every time, because when we started to see we were both humans, that might mean conflict could be around the corner. So I'd dip out. And so it was just pulling back from full aliveness in a lot of areas of my life. And setting the Enneagram, realized, oh, there's a healthy nine and there's a nine in stress. And it was a beautiful job of showing what it's like when you're in both and helped me realize where I was and kind of check in moment to moment. Where am I right now? Wow. And the rest was a, a really gift for me as well. So the Enneagram is a newer tool for me and probably for some people listening. Um, and I'm curious if you can just share a little bit about it as a tool in general. And I love that you, it sounds like it was really validating for you to discover your nineness mm -hmm. in making sense of that scenario as a teacher. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I think that's a perfect example. But if you give like the sort of bird's eye view of the Enneagram specifically, that would be super helpful for me and probably for the folks that are listening to. Yeah, absolutely. So many of you have probably heard of Myers-Briggs Common Personality Tool, kind of gives you where you are right now. I find the Enneagram is another personality tool, but it goes way deeper. So it maps nine different types. And the vision is we all have all of these nine types or energies within us. And because of our life circumstances or some experience, usually younger in life, we led with one of those nine types. Mm. Um, and because of that, we focus on certain things. We walk into a room, we're really tuned in to how we can get our needs met in one specific way and then create a personality structure, your type structure. And that kind of becomes the box you put yourself in and then carry that box around through life. Mm -hmm. One of my Enneagram teachers 
will say people are like, I don't want to be boxed in. I can't be boxed into one specific type. I'm more multidimensional than that. And yes, but she'll say you chose this box. So this is the box you chose at a young age because you didn't know any better. It makes sense. And the Enneagram helps you see your box so that you can actually take it off mm-hmm. and dissolve the type structure of the personality type. Right. So I'm in the the eight box. <laughs> <laughs> You're in your eight box. <laughs> challenger. Yes. Tell me a little more about me. Yeah. The challenger. So the challenger is a fun one. Very big energy. Challengers, when they walk in any room, are tuned into who's got the power and are incredible leaders because they are very loyal to the people around them. So once you're in their tribe, they're going to look out for you. They're going to protect their people. They're going to protect themselves. And they have this incredible way of helping us arrive at a more just society. Mm-hmm. And they see all that's unfair in the world and want to make it right. Mm-hmm. And think I have to play a role here in making this right. Um, and are pretty fearless sometimes. All the eights I know, I'm like, wow, you really dove right into that conversation or you really navigated that conflict. It almost seemed like alive as you were doing it. Mm, that makes so much sense. And I feel like that's true for me. Um, different from what you shared earlier about like really trying to avoid conflict as the harmonizer. I feel like I really lean into it. Like I'm the one to start the hard conversation with the person I'm dating or the the friend where there's like a bit of an off energy. I tend to be like a leader in that. And it's not like it's not uncomfortable for me it's uncomfortable but it's kind of like this is right (laughs) that digest part of it is like i just care about the truth and i will lead and lean into the discomfort in order for us to get that together Mm -hmm. which surprises people sometimes like i i really get a lot of feedback that either it's refreshing that Mm -hmm. level of like truth um and a word that's sometimes used to describe me as intense Mm -hmm. (laughs) which makes sense based on what you've shared Mm -hmm. I'm curious about, I'm, this is a little bit of a selfish question. We'll get, we'll get back to the intersection of Enneagram and breathwork soon, but I'm curious about like the shadow side. Cause you shared, you shared about that when you were talking about your nightness. Yeah. Um, but like, what would the shadow side of the eight be? What's your guts? A fighter mm-hmm. starting a fight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is like my Aries energy too. Like yeah. being a little burning shit down. Yep. <laughs> fiery okay yeah yeah yeah. got it got it got it and so the work of the aid is vulnerability yeah this hard exterior i might project into the world that can get things done and move me and my tribe forward and then usually the eight there's this really tender inner world Mm -hmm. that just wants to be taken care of supported and cared for yeah and so you're assessing in other people where's the power because you want to be able to soften yeah, I really do. Yeah. Oh, I really do. It's true. I I feel like I've learned just in the last couple of years what true vulnerability is. Mm. You know, people have projected onto me that I'm really vulnerable. Like, oh, that's so vulnerable for you to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like share about my personal life or struggles or whatever. But I've always been kind of like, I don't know. It doesn't really feel vulnerable because I'm comfortable mm-hmm. in that uncomfortable space. Like mm-hmm. what would be vulnerable for, for you is a safe zone for me. And in the last couple of years, I've learned, I mean, definitely in the, obviously in the context of relationships, what that truly means. And it's like, I want to hide under the covers and not be seen. Like that's vulnerability, like that emotional exposure. And it was kind of surprising for me that I, like, I thought I knew what it was before. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, <laughs> yeah. this discomfort, different type of discomfort. Totally. Yeah. 
And I distinguish between the intellectual vulnerability and the body-based vulnerability. Yes. One is like, I can say the right things and I can speak about my experiences and right. Other people think, oh, wow, that's so vulnerable. You're sharing of yourself. But the lived experience of being in emotion and letting it move through your body in the presence of other people, it's a totally different thing. Wow. You just described with words exactly what I've just learned. Yeah. <laughs> like the body vulnerability is to me, what I would say is true vulnerability mm -hmm. for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's terrifying. Yes. It's one of the hardest things we do. Yeah. It's terrifying. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So where did breathwork come into this picture for you? Yeah. So I think Enneagram caught me at one of my first moments of being really stuck and helped me get unstuck and kind of lay this mental map and framework to become really self-aware. And then I'd be in therapy the following years. I was like, I'm so self-aware. I would show my therapist how self-aware I was. I know this pattern, where it comes from, the childhood experience it's linked to, but it was all in my head. And so I wasn't actually, I don't think I cried in therapy until year five. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> but I would know sadness was here and I described the emotion in total detail, but just like we talked about moving it down into my body and actually feeling the feeling was a totally different thing. Mm -hmm. I would intellectualize everything I was experiencing as a protection mechanism because it was scary to feel those things. And so I would keep myself in loops again and then get to another point where I'm stuck again in another job. At one point, I remember I applied for 23 jobs in one week and the wow. following week just got back all these automated rejection emails. None of these jobs were aligned or meant for me, but I was spiraling and then applied to business schools and was like, I have to go to grad school. And then find myself at this man in Venice in his garage randomly one Wednesday night and he had his breathing in a repeatable pattern. There's big music playing all around. I have an eye mask on. My partner, who I've been dating, I think for like three or four months at the time, is sitting to my right. And I start sobbing. And the more we did the breath, the more sadness finally moved out of my body. And I just cried for a good 45 minutes. And at the end, there was this peace I hadn't felt in my body in a very long time. And a, my little inner whisperer was able to come out. It was like, nope, no business school. Just keep practicing, doing breath work and I'll keep coming back. And every time I'd practice, that little inner whisper would get a little bit louder. And then I'd start to listen and actually start to make changes in my life based on what I was hearing. Mm. And that was my intuition. And I was so disconnected from it because I was so afraid of feeling that layer of emotion between me and the voice that wanted to come out. Um, so I was living through other people, what they thought I should do with my life mm. and totally tuned out of what I actually wanted. So breathwork really connected you to that inner whisper, the <laughs> the intuitive voice that it sounds like you said was like beneath the emotion that needed to be felt and cleared. Mm -hmm, absolutely. That, yeah, that's oh, yeah. true. Yeah. 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 Cool. Uh what is breathwork really? Great. <laughs> for, for the new cover here who's like, so is this like, I don't know, in through the nose, out through the mouth? What are we doing here? <laughs> Talk to me about breathwork in its like basic sense, like what it is. And obviously it helps us to clear emotion and connect with intuition, but what else can it support? Yeah. So breathwork is such a big umbrella term. And I describe it as any technique you do that manipulates the breath. So that could be a quick inhale for four, exhale for four that you do before you jump on a Zoom call on one end, a more technique-based practice. And on the other end, there's breathwork for healing. That's a full journey-like session where you're doing this practice for 30, 45 minutes even, really going deep into your own transformation. And we don't have to do either at any point in the day. You get to tune in, what do I need in this moment? Sometimes we just need a quick clearing breathwork before meeting. 
Sometimes you're ready to dive in, feel all those feelings that are getting stuck and lodged in your body and do a full session. Um, I teach mainly a three-part breath, which is on the healing end of the spectrum, where we dive in and do longer breathwork sessions and journeys um, to experience what wants to come out and through to get you tapped back into that intuition. And one person said recently, it was, you just clear the pipes. It clears the pipes. <laughs> it does. It clears, it clears the pipes. And you know this. Yeah. 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 Totally. And, and gosh, even as I'm listening to you talk about breathwork, because I've done it and with you many times and in the middle of some of the hardest moments during COVID, um, it's like the words don't do it justice, you know, like you're describing it so beautifully and articulately, et cetera. And my, my body is kind of like, and you got to do it. <laughs> like, it, it's like a felt sense experience that doesn't have words, nope. you know, like nothing has offered me what breathwork does. Like it, it's, I can't really compare it to anything, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. it like alters my state of consciousness and offers a whole new perspective. I'm feeling called to just share that I started breathwork in the months leading up to doing my TED talk and a close friend actually facilitates it. And this was before, obviously before the days of quarantining and masks and we were together in a group in a room and part of the, you know, if, if you watch my TED talk, uh, there's a part of it that's about like, doing what I thought I should during it and how when I connected in with my body, I received a deeper wisdom around what really needed to be shared or spoken on the stage. And I can so clearly recall this moment in the middle of a breathwork session where, I mean, I felt this like tingling all through my body, almost like a merging of, uh, you know, where you can't feel where your skin ends and where the space around you begins. It's like a merging, uh, um, losing of definition in my physical form, I guess. Um, but just like totally different physical sensations than I'd ever felt, almost like an opening in my mind that I felt in a new way in that breathwork session. And then I got this vision of taking off my shoes, being barefoot and kneeling on the stage in the middle of a red dot. And that's how I started the talk. And so breathwork wrote part of my TED talk mm -hmm. because I got these like visions, these lines or words that would come in those states. In fact, the whole talk was came to me in meditation, on walks, in breathwork, in these embodied practices, which like, ha ha ha, of course, like it's called let your body lead, right? So I just think that's so fascinating how a tool like this can connect you with a different state of consciousness that can offer like a direct download of what needs to happen next. Mm -hmm. Call it what you will, intuition, mm -hmm. uh, divine <laughs> communication, I don't know. <laughs> But it's just fascinating to me and, and it really is beyond words. Yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah, Brother is a great writer. Mm. Might as well just give you a sentence. <laughs> yes, exactly, like a line. Mm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So how do you see Breathwork and the Enneagram working together to support people with connecting back in with themselves and, you know, accessing that inner whisper that you talk about? Mm -hmm. So I think the Enneagram is an incredible map for the mind. It gives our mind something to understand about ourselves, how our patterns operate, how we behave typically, 
even our patterns of thinking. And then the breath work is way less intellectual. It's more about being in the body and a great body-based practice for dissolving the patterns mm. and clearing out the accumulation that we naturally have in our bodies from living out these patterns, which means for me as a nine, I'm uh, always avoiding conflict, doing everything I can to not be in it. And my work is getting more comfortable in conflict. So moving into the pandemic, I had just moved in with my partner. My nightmare was that I would be trapped in a home with someone having no alone time to, <laughs> to do my practices and to clear out the stress in my own body. And when I do breath work, I go big, there's tears, there's moving around, there's sound, usually a yell. Um, and so I was like, oh gosh, I'm doing this in this tiny little home with my partner in the room next door. And facing conflict was my work during COVID. We were having so many decisions about our house, how to settle in, do routines together. And there was constant conflict. And when I get into conflict, my body feels like it's on fire. Mm. Um, and it's so physically uncomfortable. And so being able to be with the physical sensation in my body in a new way and relate to it differently, the breath work allowed me to do. And I could drop in and experience those sensations and experience them in a controlled space, a breathwork session, and then let my brain have the experience of, oh, this is safe. This is okay. There's not going to be disconnection. No one's leaving. And the more I could feel all the feelings that need to be felt around that and get comfortable in the sensations, I could then start to open up little moments when I would go into a conversation with my partner about what kitchen table we had and my mind sees conflict and it's like, this is the end. Yeah. <laughs> it's really dramatic and bad and come back to my breath and start to have an experience in my body, a felt experience of, oh, this is safe. This is a chance for more connection, actually. Stay in the conflict. It's actually not a conflict. This is just a dialogue. <laughs> <laughs> We're just talking about a table <laughs> here. <laughs> and then over time, more and more of these quote unquote conflicts just became dialogues and chances for deeper connection. Hmm. And my pattern as a nine is so afraid of disconnecting from others that conflict the way that'll happen. It's rewiring our brains and our bodies to experience a sense of safety in the world mm -hmm. so that that type structure can dissolve. And so that I can actually be in more dialogue with other people, which builds more connection in my life. Right. So the thing I was running from so much was actually the thing I wanted the most. Wow. And breathwork helped me find a felt sense of safety in my body to actually experience that. Hmm. That's so fascinating. And I'm also like you being a nine and me being an eight. It's just fascinating to me that you're a harmonizer and I am kind of a fighter, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Like the thing that you're most scared of, I do probably most effortlessly of all the types. Would you say that that's mm -hmm. true? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm just noticing like I'm so attracted to you and your energy and like, I'm just like, that can't be a mistake, right? Like yeah. that we also see and call in what we maybe want or need in ourselves that we're not getting. And we see it in another person. Yeah, absolutely. So this is another fun Enneagram thing. If you imagine nine numbers around a circle, you can wing into the two numbers on either side. Mm -hmm. So you would wing into seven or nine. Okay. And so they say over the course of your life, you're developing your wings. So that you can drop into those types. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So that you can be a more integrated human. Yeah, exactly. So I'm probably attracted to you so I can develop my eight, my challenger. Yeah. And there's some attraction to me, the peacemaker, the harmonizer as well. Oh, it's like my favorite thing about you. There's so much to love about you, George. But like that, that energy that you bring that is so 
loving and fluid and peaceful is like such a gift to be around. Yeah, I love that. Um, I'm just realizing that we haven't shared about like how people even figure out their Enneagram, Mm. you know? Yeah, it's a bit of a journey. So they say the best way to do it is to approach it as a self-study. Many folks, you can do a quiz to start. The quizzes have about like a 30 to 60% accuracy rate. Wow, that's not that high. <laughs> no, no, cause it's really about how your, your inner experience of how you see the world. And so you can't type someone based on the behaviors I would just see in you externally. Mm-hmm. You really have to get in there and see how they're experiencing things. So you can do a quiz to start. And then I recommend folks go read about the types. Mm-hmm. Um, the narrative Enneagram has a great test where you can read through different paragraph descriptions. And then start to rank and prioritize which ones align. And the real way you know you found your type is you'll read the description and be like, oh no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly how I feel. I'm like, I don't wanna be a challenger. Yeah, exactly. I don't wanna challenge everything. Yeah. It's a bit of like cringe. Yeah. And they're like, oh, don't look at me. Stop. Look away. <laughs> That's how you know you found your type. Wow. Yeah. That makes so much sense. Yeah. I'm having a moment thinking about, so I'm, I'm, doing a breathwork session with George immediately after we hit and recording on this podcast episode. And when I was driving over here, I was thinking about what my intention mm-hmm. would be for the breathwork session. And also I was thinking about how excited I was to meet you in person for the first time. Um, and I think that intention is sort of evolving and developing as we converse in this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, because I, I don't know. I, I guess I'm I'm in a moment of transition. This California trip is a bit of a reset for me. And in some ways, I feel like I'm coming back to myself by accessing the challenger again. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like me again because I feel feisty again, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And I, even though I just said that it's like, I don't want to be the challenger, like cringe. I also really love that part of me because I can lead and I can be powerful and I can um, stand up for what's right and lean into conflict and all of those things. And so in some ways, I guess maybe my intention for breath work is to, well, I mean, sometimes you just have to be open and see what the body shows you, but I find having an intention can make it more meaningful, but it's almost like I want to own and claim those parts that are really supportive and serving of me right now Mm. and also maybe discover the ways in which either i lose the positive parts of that type Mm -hmm. and or can fall into an unbalanced form of that energy Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. i'd just be curious to almost go into the breathwork session with this maybe question about like Hmm. What am I meant to see or let go of right now as that nine archetype? Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. Embrace the eight. I love it. Eight, eight. not nine. Yeah. You're the nine. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Yeah. So for people who are getting started on their journey, maybe they've been on a self-discovery journey for quite some time. And they're deep in a different form of exploration right now, maybe learning Enneagram for the first time or curious about breath work. What would you suggest as their next step if if they're, say, Enneagram and breath work curious? Yeah, 
Enneagram, take an online quiz. The Enneagram Coach is a website that has a good quiz, super short. Breathwork, come try a 20-minute breathwork class on Open, where I teach breathwork, and that's a great entry to the experience, too. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Um, and then how can people go deeper with you? Yeah, so I do one-on-one -on -one sessions. So if you're ready for that, we can do a full hour session virtually in person if you're here in L.A. And then I work with about six folks in a three-month container. Did that with Casey, which is beautiful. And if you really want to go deep and see this tool can support you in your own transformation, we'll meet bi-weekly and do a session. Mm -hmm. And you have time to integrate the sessions and actually start to take action as the inner whisperer starts talking to you. Yeah, and, and for people who are not in LA where George is and are kind of like, how does this work in an online capacity? Um, I, I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to just speak to that a little bit because I first met George at the start of COVID where I was processing a lot of emotions, sensations in my body. And it was such an intuitive pull to you. I feel like I, mm -hmm. I got to experience a, a class that you facilitated online and immediately I was like, I think he's my guy. <laughs> you know, I think he's the one right now. And we got on a phone call and I just shared with you some of what was going on in my life. And, and we did our first breathwork session online. And it was the first time for me doing it online. So I wasn't sure because it's, I don't know, like you lie down and I usually get cuddled up with blankets and have an eye pillow and then you breathe in and out of your mouth. And, you know, like it, it could be intimidating to someone who's just starting. Um, but I felt like I could immediately drop in with you, George, because you just like have this presence that's so non-judgmental and so spacious and you don't give advice. Like you really do hold space for someone to let their bodies lead. Mm -hmm. And I felt like any fears that I had going into that online space melted immediately. And in some ways, for some people, it's almost safer to start in that way. It's less mm -hmm. vulnerable perhaps mm -hmm. because you're in the comfort of your own home and, you know, and there's music and you're facilitating George in a way that's just so guided and held. Um, anyway, I could go on and on. Uh, if you're not in California and you don't get the chance to meet George in real life, doing a private session online is so beautiful. So thank just, just feel called to say you. that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I loved working with you. Yeah. You have a dream to work with because you do listen to your body. Yeah. And it just flows right out. Yeah. Thank you. You really helped me with a lot. <laughs> and I'm so excited because we haven't done breathwork together for a little while. And I was just thrilled that you had availability today and that one day that I'm here in Venice. So yeah, maybe I'll, I'll need to report, black, report back to the listeners about how this experience goes. But um, where can people find you? Uh, my website is george-ramsey.com. Ramsey's R-A-M-S-A-Y. Now Instagram at the breath works. Beautiful. Check them out. And uh, any final words before we end record? No, just keep breathing. Keep breathing. <laughs> what wise wisdom. <laughs> Thank you so much, George. It's such a delight to chat with you. Thank you. You're welcome. I was just thinking about how even just sitting down with George makes me breathe deeper. I hope you enjoyed that episode. And um, in a moment, I'll share a few words to help you integrate and take your next step. 
And first, I felt called to update you on how my breathwork session went with George. Um, I mentioned that my intention for it, I was, I was so processing in our episode, in our conversation that you just heard, uh, what it was that I was actually intending for my breathwork session with George, but um, it had to do with really seeing or feeling the light supportive sides of my eight archetype and also noticing or feeling or sensing how the kind of shadow sides are at play. Anyway, I'm almost like forgetting exactly what the intention was, but what I will say is um, this was a calmer breathwork session than I've had before. Sometimes there can be a lot more uh, sensation or visions, et cetera. And this time with George in person, it felt very like gentle and calm. And what I noticed was this like holding pattern on the right side of my body, like all the way down the outside of my right leg and into my hip. It was like, I just couldn't relax. I like couldn't let that part go. Uh, there was just like physical tightness that I felt like such a somatic experience of tightness, almost like I could sense and feel while I was breathing energy trying to move through, but it feeling sticky or blocked or stuck or like there was sort of a hard shell on the outside of my right leg. And, um, and I guess what it felt like for me was just like armor you know, and I just think about the the challenger archetype, the eight on the Enneagram and um, my, I guess, box that I've chosen to use George's language or his teacher's language, um, how it does often mean that I have a armor or protection, not just for myself, but for my my people, you know, like I care to stand up for my people. And and I think I connected in that breathwork session how that is stored in my body, you know, how that energy of holding and protecting shows up as tightness. And specifically, it was like right side of my body. And, you know, gosh, I it's like not something to read into too much. It's like the body knows and I just need to trust that my body's working some stuff out. Um, I also processed with George afterward that that tightness felt like, you know, this California trip was a, is a, was a reset, you know, um, and that I'd been on the go, like I'd been traveling quite a lot even before I landed at his house. And it just felt like I couldn't fully relax yet. Like there was nowhere that I could just drop in. And, you know, when you're traveling and you're sleeping in hotels or Airbnbs or other people's homes and you're not in your own bed, how it's sometimes hard to like fully relax. And I guess I felt that show up in my body. And, you know, it was interesting because this experience in breathwork really illuminated that sensation. And there were other things that happened too, like George put his hands on me and, oh my God, I could just like feel energy from his hands, like whoosh into my body. Um, so that was pretty cool. But uh, in the end, it was kind of this thing of like, hmm, I don't know yet what this is about and it will be revealed to me. And how much can I trust 
the sensations and the experience in my body for what it was and use it as a way to check in. Like what was really illuminated was that uh, my body is not relaxed, or at least that part is not relaxed. And I'm holding, uh, I'm efforting, I'm armoring in order to move through at least this period of my life right now, or at least this time traveling. And how can I check in with myself to see where I'm at in terms of my holding or my letting go as it relates to that sensation that I felt on the right side? Um, yeah, there was lots of tension that I became aware of through doing the breath work and um, some release, but almost more so the wisdom of like, it's not time yet to release. Like this protection or this armor is serving a purpose. Keep holding on to it. And luckily, throughout my own embodiment journey, I've learned a lot about self-compassion and acceptance and presence and timing, you know, and as much as <laughs> you might have an expectation going into a breathwork session that you have this like massive experience, sometimes that's not what's right in that moment. And the body always knows, you know, and so I feel like I left George's house with this like, huh, almost like a pulse check, like a self-assessment of what my body is holding and carrying. Yeah, I'll pause there. Oh, and it was so nice to just like be in person. Let me just say that. You just can't replace in person. So that's my little update on the breathwork session. Now back to you, back to helping you integrate this wisdom. So I always think at the end of a podcast episode, like if you can take an immediate next step, you'll integrate the wisdom better and or make it real for you, you know? So there's a couple different approaches. Um, you know, George mentioned taking uh, an Enneagram quiz if you feel like you're guided to explore that pathway. And maybe you're not as much guided to explore the Enneagram, but more so guided to explore breathwork. And, you know, he teaches on open, of course. So that's a great like gateway in to a breathwork experience. Um, one of those two places might be places for you to start. And I just invite you to kind of follow your own curiosity. So I hope you enjoyed this episode and that you continue to engage with George and I about your experiences. And we're just like so excited to bring more of this wisdom to you, different tools that can help you to discover yourself. Have a beautiful rest of your day and I can't wait to chat with you soon. Bye-bye.